Another episode of Tectonic. My name is Mark Hurst. I'll be your host for the next hour here on WFMU, Freeform Station of the Nation, from downtown Jersey City in that great state. That's New Jersey, by the way. Thanks for joining me. I'm so happy to be here, and I'm really happy to share an interview this evening with an old friend of mine, Michael Hurst. I don't know, some of you might be thinking, what is this nepotism, Mark? What are you doing? No, 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 no. Hurst, it's pronounced the same, but we have different spellings. My last name is H-U-R-S-T, and Michael's is H-E-A-R-S-T. Although there are some strange parallels in our lives, and we have been friends for a while, (laughs) we are not, to my knowledge, we're not related. Uh, But Michael is a musician, a composer, an author, uh, just an all-around talented guy. And he has a new album out. If you have followed Michael's work in the past, you know that he has uh, released a bunch of albums uh, for kids, like uh, Songs for Unusual Creatures and Extraordinary People and things like that. And he also did a, an album for ice cream trucks or songs for ice cream trucks and uh, songs for fearful flyers for people who are a little bit afraid on airplanes. And all of them are, and you should take a look at those albums, uh, all of them are fun, positive, and or calming while in the air at 35,000 feet. <laughs> but this album is different. And I was really interested to bring him onto the show because there is a tech angle. As much as I like Michael, uh, the other albums didn't 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 primarily have a tech angle. And I actually did bring Michael on to uh, Doubled It Recess when I guest hosted a couple of times in the past. And you can find that in the Doubled It Recess archives at WFMU.org. Thanks to Roger for inviting me to do that. But I wanted to bring him on to Tectonic because his new album has a tech angle. This new album is actually not released under the name Michael Hurst. It's under the name Mean Marcus, which we're going to get into in the interview. And as I said in my, uh, my little preview text that some of the DJs read uh, in, in advance of this show, the, the new album is called Say Hello to the Party. And the best description I can give in a few words is that this album is about dystopian technology and the end of humanity. So immediately, perfect fit for Tectonic. You know. I mean, you know. (laughs) Got to get Michael on the show to talk about this album. And as you'll hear in the interview, we talk about the album, and I interleave some, uh, some, some clips from the album so you can get a sense of the the kind of music that's on the album. And then we go a little further into some digressions as we usually do when we get to talking. And, um, and it was a fun conversation as, as depressing as some of the subject matter is, it was a fun conversation. So I, I, I hope that you will find this uh, to, be, to be a good fit for Tectonic. I hope you'll find it enjoyable and that you will, um, you'll be interested to, to take a listen to say hello to the party. I actually had um, a a strange connection to the album, which uh, Michael and I will describe during the interview. It had to do with WFMU. So uh, I'm going to play this interview. If you'd like to join in the live listener chat during the show, go to WFMU.org, click playlist and comments, and you can join the other listeners who are chatting now. And if you're listening in the future, you can go to tectonic.fm, T-E-C-H, tonic.fm, that's a long list of past Tectonic shows, and you just want to click on the playlist link for tonight's show, which is September 18, 2023. Let's go ahead and listen to my interview with Michael Hurst here on Tectonic on WFMU. 
Michael Hurst, welcome to Tectonic. Mark Hurst, thanks for having me. <laughs> Here we have two M. Hursts for the same interview. How about that? Pretty amazing, although our last names are spelled differently. But uh, yeah, we're both M.H. What's your middle name? I, I don't even know. Paul, P-A-U-L. And, and you? M-P-H. I'm Michael Marcus Hurst. Okay, that explains something that was my first question. Let's back up, shall we, for the listeners? Yeah, you've, uh, you've you got, need to, sure. <laughs> you've got a debut album out. This is by Mean Marcus, fronted by you, Michael Hurst, and the album is called Say Hello to the Party, and I'm really excited to talk to you about that. So my first question, which you just answered, is where did you come up with Mean Marcus? That was your middle name. It, it's my middle name, and it goes back, it has a history my band One Ring Zero, which hasn't done much in the past few years, but we were uh, big on the New Yorks, actually kind of traveled all around with One Ring Zero. We had a song called Mean Marcus uh, on our first album. So there's that bit of history. But the actual further back, I had an ex-girlfriend who whenever I would get in a foul mood would call me Mean Marcus. If I were hungry, she'd call me Hungry Marcus. You know, she'd call me Marcus. So that, that was kind of the root of it. And this is me being mean. Well, that's you being mean in the in the album. I was just thinking that Mean Marcus comes very close to you calling yourself Marcus Hurst. And uh, that would make things exceedingly confusing for people. Why? Well, are you Marcus Hurst or Mark Hurst? Oh, uh, for you. Uh, right. I was thinking, you know, it's funny. Um, I actually Googled Mean Marcus uh, just to see where things were with the album. And I don't I don't use that word. Uh, sorry. I actually did a search for Mean Marcus before talking to you, and the first thing that came up was Neiman Marcus. So um, that's a bigger, comp- uh, you know, yeah, it's 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 all it's competition between me, you, and Neiman Marcus. Well, it's no competition between me and you. I mean, I I'm glad that you're out there delivering yet another album. Fighting the fight, well, and likewise, yeah, uh, yeah I'm I'm proud to be an MH along alongside. You're one of the founding members of the band One Ring Zero, as you mentioned before which has nine albums, if I'm right. Sounds about right, yeah. Then you, over the years, have created a bunch of projects and albums mainly aimed at kids, unusual creatures, extraordinary people, curious constructions, and unconventional vehicles. I've got all four of those albums and have enjoyed those. And then you also have two albums that I think are for all ages, one called Songs for Fearful Flyers, which is exactly what it sounds like, songs that people can listen to if they're uh, nervous on an airplane, and then songs for ice cream trucks. So all of these albums, from One Ring Zero to your solo work, is quite a portfolio, uh, quite a range of creative work, Michael. I've, I've always been a fan of your work uh, for many years now, and I was so happy to hear about this new album, Say Hello to the Party, under your new band name or stage name, Mean Marcus, this is a very different album from all of the others. In contrast to these very fun, quirky, and positive songs for unusual creatures, let's say, you've got an album here that is themed around dystopia. It has something to do with technology and robots and a rather grim view of the future. Am I interpreting this right as I have listened to the album? Yes, and I, uh, you know, that's probably hopefully one of the reasons you have me on your show. Um, I'm a big fan of your work as well, and we've known each other a long time, and I'm so glad you have this radio show where there's a lot of connection to be done about technology. And, and yeah, I, you know, I, I uh, have mostly been an optimistic, uh, happy, you know, kids, family music, and helping people out and this one it's like i just i i snapped <laughs> you know it's, i went to a dark place with this one um you went from the michael hearst place to the mark hearst place <laughs> i kind of did no, uh mean marcus place yeah so um it started well you know it's nothing that's new i just feel like i finally had to go there and not embrace it but not be afraid to put it out there and I'm still nervous about it, which is one of the reasons why I'm calling it under a different name and not my own name, because I don't want kids who are fans of my ice cream truck music or unusual creatures to get this and, you know, freak out. I mean, I do think some kids might like this album, but it's it's sort of a heavy, dark album. Um, yeah, I mean, even working on this album put me in an even darker place. And 
at one point I was working on the project when the whole city of New York filled up with smoke from the wildfires, you know, I was finishing up the album and it was just like, Oh, wow. I mean, it, I mean, literally got dark out <laughs> That's right. <laughs> to match my dark mood. Now let's talk about some of the track titles because this will give listeners an idea of some of the themes you're playing with in the music. Um, and we can also listen to excerpts, but just in terms of the, the song titles, you've got songs like The Day Before. Actually, I wanted to point out that several of these song titles are referential to each other. So track four sure. is The Day Before, and then track five is Self-Inflicted, which I think was my favorite song on the album. And then track six is The Day Of, which is obviously a reference to two tracks earlier, The Day Before. You're telling a story in this album that has something to do with a transition. You know, there's the day before something, and then there's the day of, and then after the day of is a song called Say Goodbye to the Party, which again is a reference to the album title. Can you describe, Michael, what is the story that you're telling as people listen to this album or... If you prefer, what what is the world building that you are inviting us in to experience? Yeah, well, I mean, without, you know, it's like I don't want to reveal, I don't know that they don't want to reveal too much. I mean, it's pretty self-explanatory in, in a sense. I mean, it's really just a putting the binoculars on sort of the decline of humanity, you know, in simple terms. And, and in my view, I, I really feel like technology is one of the biggest, if not the most, uh, substantial element leading to the decline of humanity. The titles essentially say that. I mean, Always Moving, Always Shining being the first track is very happy-go-lucky. Here are, here's humanity especially i mean i think of the baby boom era you know it's <laughs> always moving over you know and, and then uh, in the second song which you actually titled for me avoid the algorithm when i was on your show previously we played uh, you premiered that song and we talked about it and, and you come for that title and it's such a perfect title and it's such a perfect second track title because you know we can still uh, keep moving and doing our thing just avoid the algorithms and you know but here are, here's this sort of technology creeping in third track is windfall which to me is very much about greed and people being money saying you know money's more important than anything else and uh you know it's it's nothing's going to change if the money's there and then yeah i mean the, the other titles which you pointed out um i feel like there's a little bit of going back to the horrors of my own childhood being forced to watch that uh, movie that came on back in the 80s that you were, you know, in the Reagan era, <laughs> which I won't even name because it's pretty obvious to those who grew up in the 80s. And in fact, I don't even name it on the album. And, you know, not to say that that's our destiny, but in a sort of more grand scheme of humanity, it sort of is our destiny. You know, I mean, it sort of is like, you know, we self-inflicted, you know, what if we're just doing this to ourselves. And, you know, I mean, yeah. Yeah. And, Anyone who, like you and I, Michael, is a child of the 1980s, they'll know exactly which made-for-TV movie you're describing. <laughs> and as yeah. a clue, there's a little reference, a sideways reference in those track titles, the day before and the day of. So kids, ask your Gen X parents and they'll tell you. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, that movie was scarring. It yeah, was. I mean, you know, it was, I mean, but there's this, and I'm going off tangent here, but like, you know, we're overly helicopter and parenting and, and our kids are being too controlled. And at the same time, I had a babysitter who put on The Shining for us, you know, and like, hey, let's watch The Shining when I was like, you know, nine years old or something, eight years old. And and then your school says, hey, kids, everybody watch this movie on TV and we'll talk about it the next day during the Reagan era. You know, and it's like um, maybe they didn't quite have the parenting thing better back. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, that stuff uh, has left me with um, pretty acute panic disorder throughout my, my entire life. And, 
you know, and I think this whole album is in a sense um, like a convulsion of panic coming out in the form of music. It's interesting. I wonder how much of the, I don't know if we can call it trauma, but how, how much of the scarring of 1980s childhoods comes out in art like it is here and maybe even in my show. Maybe there's some anxious elements of my own personality that have to do with that. I'm just wondering if our generation, you and I were both born in 1972, Michael, as you know. That's right. And have lived in the same state. We are the same person, let's just face it. We're basically the same person. <laughs> in fact, you're just talking to an AI chatbot of yourself right now. <laughs> it's true. I'm just proud of myself for, for delivering so many albums and books over the years. I've made so many people happy. <laughs> and and my radio show on FMU has been really great. I mean, so. <laughs> but but do you think there's a Gen X neurosis that's coming out as we're, you know, we're now fifty years old? And we're looking at the world changing. And as you say, technology is rising to become this primary force in the world. And it's, we're old enough, Michael, to see beyond the marketing announcements and the all-day big tech advertising extravaganzas. We're old and wise enough to see through that and say, this is not actually leading us to better outcomes for society. And for you, it sounds like, to use your word, it caused you to snap and create this album. Yeah, I think that's true, undoubtedly. I mean, I do think that our generation who lived through the Reagan era kind of had, I don't know, what, um, 20, 30 years of of a little bit of being able to relax from those feelings of our childhood. And then uh, he who shall not be named became president. And it was like, oh, there's that feeling again that I haven't felt since I was eight or nine years old. And wow, that familiar feeling that I hoped I would never feel again. I feel like 1989 was a turning point. You know, when the wall came down and we got a signal that the Cold War might, in fact, be coming to an end, and it turns out it was, and then we had the 1990s that was this interregnum period, and then there was 9-11. I feel 9-11 was the key moment that started us down the path that has led to where we are. It Just in terms of um, just one aspect of that, in terms of the technology the surveillance state in the U.S. really accelerated after 9-11. The partnership between government and big tech became much, much closer. There was the revelations about PRISM surveillance in the wake of 9-11 and, and a bunch of other projects. And now the surveillance state and surveillance economy, whether it's corporate or government, is so pervasive that a lot of people just have given up that, well, they know everything about me anyway people of our vintage, Michael, I feel like there's a bunch of us saying, no, we remember how it used to be and what it should have been, and we're on the wrong track. And so here is Say Hello to the Party. Listen to this. Yeah. No, I think that's right. And I would argue it goes, you know, a little further back before 9-11. I mean, obviously 9-11, that sort of puts it in our favor. And I don't think it's, because uh, I do feel like it goes back to the invasion of Iraq and, and, you know, from a Middle East perspective, I mean, it, it's it's just a lack of anybody understanding each other on the other side and wanting to wanting to try to understand each other. And whether it's Republicans and Democrats or, uh, you know, fundamentalists in any particular religion or sect, it's um, but for me, it was really Trump coming into office, the pandemic and now hitting this world of AI where technology is is just I can see how there could be some potentially good uses, but the bad uses so far outweigh the good uses. I'm struggling to see it, you know, and, and how it's gonna better the planet. And we're back. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to Tectonic on WFMU. My name is Mark Hurst. I'm your host. We are halfway through my interview with musician and composer Michael Hurst. No relation to me, although he's a friend. We're talking about Michael's new album that he released under the name Mean Marcus. It's just out now. It's called Say Hello to the Party. And it's full of songs about dystopia and the end of humanity. 
as Michael has been describing just now in the interview. If you'd like to join in the live listener chat, you can go to WFMU.org and click Playlist and Comments. Let's go ahead and listen to the second half of my interview with Michael Hurst here on Tectonic on WFMU. We have this album that tells the story, or there's a narrative arc, I suppose, starting with Always Moving, Always Shining, this very optimistic song opening the album, and then we get into the day before and the day of, and then we say goodbye to the party. And then there's this very melancholy song that finishes the entire album called Echo, and it has this refrain. You have the lyric, Smile and wait for the echo. Is this something that I should interpret however I want, or is there a particular image that you had in mind? Well, I think it's up for interpretation, however you or anyone wants to listen to it. But the song before ends on a very heavy note. And for a long time, I left the album that way, ending on that very dark moment. And then, you know, I felt like there was one more thing I need to put on there. There is just still a little glimmer of optimism. And that, to me, is what that final song is. Echo is just a, this beansy, beansy little bit of hope that... You know, unfortunately, it's maybe something that comes too late and it may come after lots of destruction. I have no, you know, I don't even know. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not a, I can't see the future, but, um, but to me, it is almost like a cleanup track sweeping the debris away or something. I don't know. But yeah, I mean, and it's not totally a happy song. It's, it's, it's melancholy, as you said, but it's certainly different from any of the other tracks on the album. I was thinking that. Echo was maybe referring to a time in the future when humans are all gone and it's just robots and AIs roaming the earth. And it's just a, I don't know, a robot suggesting to people that they should smile and wait for the echo. That's a great interpretation. Uh, you know, I'm fascinated to hear that. I mean, it's, I don't think there is any right or wrong. This was just a piece that I put on there that uh, felt right to me for a number of reasons. And you know, again, I'll leave it up to everybody's own interpretation, hoping that people actually listen to it. <laughs> Where can people get Say Hello to the Party? So this is, I mean, it's on all the usual platforms. It'll be on Bandcamp. Uh, but I felt the need to release this also as a cassette. I mean, I, I don't even own a cassette player. In fact, I wasn't <laughs> not able to hear the when they arrived from the factory. I had to find someone who could let me borrow their cassette deck. But um you know, to me, it was, it's almost the reverse technology. I mean, it is technology, of course, but it's at this point, fairly antiquated technology, but it's one that I feel like a lot of kids are going back to. And I love that. I love that kids, uh, and not just kids, grownups too, went back to vinyl. And now there's even this resurge of cassettes. And I mean, who knows, maybe I should release it on wax cylinder next, but, um, <laughs> and part of it is, I feel like a little bit of hope that there is this generation and these people who want to have music the way that it was 30, 40, 50 years ago, whatever. Um, so yeah, it's a nod to that for sure. I certainly wasn't going to press it to CD and uh, vinyl had become very expensive in the last few years because of uh, supplies and, but cassettes, um, if nothing else, my niece and nephew can listen to it. <laughs> That's just great that the younger generation now is revisiting the, musical technologies that you and I experienced when we were their age, just proving that the Gen X experience is peak. That's peak. Well, and I think that is a response to where things have gone, which is part of the reason I did it. I mean, the reason my 20-year-old niece and nephew are listening to cassettes is because of AI and computers and, you know, algorithms and like, you know, they're, everyone's like, that. I'm going to buy a cassette deck and play a, a you know, piece of analog tape carry it in my back pocket. And in fact, you know, I know uh, I have friends whose kids are going off to summer camps and they're not allowed to bring digital players, but they can bring a cassette deck. So, oh, great. There you go. Listen to this uplifting album while you're on summer camp. <laughs> <laughs> Timmy, you look depressed today. Yeah. My dad's friend, Michael, made this. 
<laughs> Say hello to the party. Now I'm depressed. You mean Marcus? Mean Marcus. Mean Marcus, yeah. Yeah. In choosing to release it as a cassette, did you have some thought towards the declining revenue that artists are getting from streaming platforms? Is this a way of helping to resist what's happening from Spotify and, and all the others? No, not particularly. I think I've just given up on that, honestly. Like, I, I just don't expect that I would make... I mean, it's nice when someone buys a cassette and I get an extra, you know, eight bucks or whatever in my pocket. But um, but no, it, it's certainly not going to pay my rent. It was really just for aesthetics and for fun and for my own excitement to see... I mean, really getting a box of cassettes in the mail was so exciting for me. And to put it in a cassette deck and play it was the most nostalgic, awesome thing. And if no one ever buys a copy, it was worth it just for that moment of getting them in the mail and playing it for myself. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean. This is what I really have always admired about you, Michael, is that you are willing to make those decisions just for the aesthetic value. There are a lot of people out there who would pass their decisions through a filter of, well, does, is this the responsible thing to do? Will it be cash flow positive or good for my career or whatever? And time and again over the years, I have witnessed you say, I'm interested in this, and so I'm going to do it because it seems fun or worthwhile. And you've, you've got a great body of work that shows that passion, books and albums. I appreciate that. Um, I uh, wish I had some kind of massive success story to go along with everything you just mentioned, but it has not been the most lucrative of choices to go these directions. It really has been passion projects for me of just things I want to do. As you said, in hindsight, it probably would have behooved me to be a little more uh, income conscious, especially now that I have a child and am married and it'd be nice to be making a little more money. Let's talk about the music itself on Say Hello to the Party. The notes you sent along with the album say that Mean Marcus is fronted by Michael Hurst. Does that mean there are other musicians in the band called Mean Marcus, or is Mean Marcus your stage name? No, there are a few other musicians who play on the album, but I think Mean Marcus was just more... I don't know that it's my stage name. It's just the title of this project. I guess it would be my stage name by default, but I hadn't even thought that far, to be honest. I just, it would just, I knew I didn't want to be Michael Hurst for this one. And uh, I, yes, it's all of the above. But that particular line, just to uh, explain, was in fact generated by Chat GPT. Wait, wait. What, what line? The line in the, the, the one pager that you sent? was written by chat gpt yes as was the cover art for the album wait a second not chat gpt but uh yeah it's you got uh, an AI. ai image generator to create the cover art of course what do you mean of course do you see the irony in this <laughs> i do and that's why it's there it's uh it's yeah it felt like it would be absurd not to do that and point that out it has i mean to me it's a matter of pointing out that this is what can be done. And I don't think people are even totally aware that, you know, I mean, I, I will tell you 100% that the music is my own music. Well, that was my next question. How far did you take it? No, it, the music is all mine. There, you know, there is one spot in there, though, that I'm extremely proud of in the always moving, never shining song. I found this amazing recording of a verbal fight that broke out at the Hall of Presidents in Disney World. And I don't know if you can even really hear it in there. Maybe that's for the best that it's somewhat disguised. Well, I did hear some yelling in the background. That's I, I was wondering what that was. I'm not even sure where I found this, but it just felt so sort of telling of the album and, and where my brain was with this, that people were getting into a, an argument over one of the robot presidents. Uh, the most recently added robot president yeah. and freaking out over it and fighting over it. Someone saying it's not real. Someone saying, you know, and it, clearly it goes beyond whether it's real or not real, which is sort of the whole problem to begin with. And to me, that circles back to the cover art and even the descriptions saying uh, that I did not write that I, I put into this chat bot, which I have never used except for this one time. And that <laughs> that's, that's the truth. I have used it to create that 
bit there because I learned to see what it would say and how it would word it and come up with it and the confusion. Meaning the promotional language in the yes. tear sheet, but not you didn't use it for any of the like track titles or. No, I had you come up with the track titles. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just no, for uh, listeners that. That was on Double Dip Recess, which is our kids' show hosted by Roger. I guest hosted a while back and had Michael on as a mini interview during the show. And he asked me to name a track on his upcoming album. And uh, just off the top of my head, that's that's what I came up with, Avoid the Algorithm. So I'm glad it worked. It's so perfect. But yeah, I mean, to go back to you know, you know the irony of it all. Yeah, I mean, I'm very aware of it. And that's also pointing out the irony of uh, the world we're living in right now and misinformation and how easily it is to get out of hand with it. And um, So including that in the art of this album was important to me. Do you think there's going to be a follow-on Mean Marcus project or a, or a sequel to Say Hello to the Party? Uh, I hope not. It was painful to put together and write and, and create. Um, I mean, I really did go into a dark place to work on it. And I've been very anxious about releasing it because it is so different from what I normally do, as you pointed out. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it feels like something more that I might have put out as a teenager, an angst-ridden teenager. And, you know, that's not who I am now. But somehow this has, again, to use the word broken, broken me back to those feelings and needing to get this out. And, uh, you know, I guess a lot of teen rock is about love and parents and, you know, but this it, politics and, and technology is what's doing it to me right now. And, and um, so there's a sincerity to it that is terrifying to me that I'm putting that out into the world, that I'm saying, opening up and saying, here's me, here's, you know, uh, yes, I like ice cream truck music, but here is the real insides of me, which I don't typically invite the world to see. Do you feel relieved or cleansed somehow now that you have gone through the process and expressed these dark feelings and dark thoughts? No, I wish I, I wish I did, but no. Uh, yeah, unfortunately it hasn't done any, uh, <laughs> therapeutic cleansing for me. I mean, maybe it will, you know, come back and ask me down the road if it makes a difference for a few people, then that would feel good. But I will say it feels good to have gotten it off my chest and to have just you know, it's something that was stirring that I feel like I've had to just do. Well, I think it's a worthwhile project. As I said, my favorite track was Self-Inflicted, and you've got lyrics in that song that go, Today we face the likes of something none of us have seen before. The time has come. I'm not sure where we can even run. It's something that cannot be undone. And while, yes, those are somewhat grim lyrics, I think they're worth sharing uh, because a lot of us feel that way, that we have gone past a point of no return with a lot of the technology that we've installed, that we've allowed to proliferate around us, that we've adopted into our personal lives and work lives. It can feel sometimes, just as you say, it's something that cannot be undone and we're not sure what comes next. I think there's a there's a place for songwriting that goes to a dark place and expresses some of those thoughts that a lot of us have. So I'm glad you've done this. Well, thanks. Yeah, I mean, I, I, during the pandemic, in the thick of it, and I always hate saying during the pandemic because here I am sitting here with COVID talking to you right now. Uh, someone told me what you're doing to help the world is to create music to make people feel happy and better about themselves. And yeah, I, I appreciated that. That really meant a lot to me. And I think about that sometimes that there is a need to help keep people's spirits up and to create art that, or entertainment, maybe is a better word, that, that is good for people, uh, good for their minds. And But it also can get to a point where it feels phony. You know, and art often reflects what's going on in the real world. and And it's kind of what makes tick in many ways is that reflection of what's going on in the world and for me it was uh sort of no avoiding it it just 
<laughs> it had to be done. <laughs> you know I mean? That's right. It had to be done. And here it is. And the good news is if people want to explore your work, Michael, they can get the full range of positive, happiness-inducing music and books all the way over to Say Hello to the Party. The Dark Side. The Dark Side that, <laughs> in which you're singing about what's actually happening and what how many of us feel about what's happening with our emerging tech dystopia. Can you tell people about your website, Michael, where people can find all your projects? Of course I can. Uh, it's www. The technology thing, michaelhurst.com. It's my name, uh, which is spelled not quite the same as yours. It's michaelhurst, H-E-A-R-S-T.com. And yeah, there, there would be a link to the Mean Marcus album on there. And I'll make sure to put a link to the site and the album and everything on the playlist. The album is out now. It's called Say Hello to the Party by my guest Michael Hurst under the stage name Mean Marcus. And it's really worth listening to. Michael, thanks again for coming on the show. I hope you feel better both from COVID, but also I hope you feel emotionally and psychologically better after emerging from this dark place of creativity to, to push out this album and and uh, hope you'll be back on the show sometime when when there are more sunshine and rainbows going on. Well, can I just say one thing real quick? And that is, you know, I'm so grateful that you have the show and that you are doing what you're doing. And, you know, I, I don't think that's very unsimilar from what I'm trying to do with this record, too. And, and uh, so I'm grateful that you're having me on the show and giving it the time and, and uh, mention to the world. So thanks for having me and keep doing what you're doing, too. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to Tectonic on WFMU. My name is Mark Hurst. I'll be your host for the remaining, wow, look at that, 19 minutes of the show. And at that point, the great Dave Mandel will come into Studio A. And it'll be time for his program, It's Complicated. It's a prog rock show. You should listen to it. So stay tuned for that. And uh, after Dave, we've got Amanda and Jim the Poet with Bad Animals, and then Brother Daniel Blumen, starting at 9 p.m. Eastern, with his eponymous show for three hours. All these shows, well worth listening to, as is Michael Hurst's new album, released under the name Mean Marcus, the album title is Say Hello to the Party. And as you heard, uh, Michael and I had a lot to say about the themes, the track titles, the possible interpretations, and where we are all headed to in a handbasket in this big tech-led economy. Uh, and all of the residual effects of those companies and their government partners with their surveillance hooks and AI and robots and everything seeming to take over every aspect of life and work. And I think it, our, our reaction to what's happening, it's funny that Michael and I have a similar reaction. Um, it, it might have something to do with our age, our hopefully uh, wiser as well as older. It may have something to do with our Gen X upbringing with that particular TV show and all the other, uh, as he put it, this, the scarring from the, from the mass media uh, delivered to us as 80s babies and how that uh, promoted a, a certain kind of environment for us growing up. And so we get to this point and everyone says, oh, it's a brand new day. Technology is going to do all these wonderful things and save the climate and usher in this, this beautiful new age. And it's just it's so transparently false. And for me, my reaction six years ago was to begin this show and to just 
sit down at this microphone every week and tell you the truth as best I can tell you, which is, in a word, that it's it's not as great as they say. There's a lot of problems that are that are going underreported. There are some good things as well, but you hear about those emblazoned over all the headlines in the newspapers, the magazines, the websites, everything. But what we don't hear much of from from the from the media system, the media blob, is all of the terrible risks and downsides and negative effects from this technology. That's what I've been trying to to uh, point out over the years. And Michael Hurst, uh, by his own description, had a similar reaction, that he is just feeling anxious about all of this rise of technology is just does not, (laughs) does not bode well. I mean, setting aside the, the occasional positive outcomes, it doesn't bode well for us. And so the result is this very different album from his um, children's music called the, again say hello to the party under this under this um, b- performer name stage name band name mean marcus and i have to say i hope he does more as mean marcus because there's a lot more material out there that i'd love to get his take on musically and hear how he reacts to it as negative as it is i hope you agree friends that there is a place to say negative things if they're true I mean, it's, it's, the point of this show is not to be gratuitously negative and to just, you know, throw my arms up and, and, and run around <laughs> for no reason. I mean, I'm trying, I, I have a very particular aim in trying to balance the scales because big tech and its government partners, this whole surveillance capitalist system has all of the boosters paid for already. And those of us who are critics who actually are willing to, to speak out with the truth or as, as best we can express the truth, um, we, don't, we don't have the advertising dollars, nor do we, do we want them. Uh, we, don't, we don't have the giant corporate partnerships and so on. So to, in an attempt to balance the scales, I want to, I want to spotlight people who are bringing up the the shadow side of the technology economy. And Michael Hurst is one of those people, I'm proud to say. So good job, Michael. And thanks for, thanks for um, doing what you do. And uh, again, if you want to see links to the album and Michael Hurst's other work, you can either go to michaelhurst.com. He spells it differently. It's Michael michaelhearst.com. Or you can go to the playlist this evening, go to wfmu.org and click playlist and comments. Um, okay, now on to, in our, in our remaining few minutes, I want to go on to a couple of items of recent tech news because they are, they're a nice segue from what, what genuinely surprised me in that interview. I, I thought I was pretty well prepared for that interview with Michael, but I meant to ask him, who did you get to do the album art? And you can see this, this album art um, on the playlist. It's this structure that uh, is a, it, it, it looks vaguely sinister, this building that's up on um, stilts or this, this rickety structure, and it has all of these what appear to be antennas sticking out, and there's a humanoid figure standing in the foreground gazing at it. And um, as Handy Haversack put it on the comment board, Uh, I also have a Borg Hellraiser antenna. It really helps with WFMU reception. So he's saying that these these antenna look, it kind of does look like a Borg cube from Star Trek and with these antennas sticking out. I don't know. Anyway, uh, it's it it you can you can feel the anxiety and the dystopian feel coming off of this, just emitting off of this image. I thought it was a striking image. And it turns out it was an AI image generator. Darn it. It actually did a pretty good job on this album art. I don't know what the prompt was. I should have asked Michael. And and then he tells me that part of the promotional language, because, you know, an album often comes with a one-pager saying a little bit about the, the artist, the whatever, the band. And some of the some of the text on that one-pager was generated by ChatGPT. I... That was genuine surprise. I didn't when in, that you heard me express in the interview. I did not know that until he told me live in the interview. Uh, well, it wasn't live tonight, but you know when we were recording it, 
And um, so I thought as a segue to that, I could, I could tell you about this thing that just came out a few days ago. There's been a bunch of coverage, but one of, one of the nice summary pieces about this uh, AI um, headline problem came out of Futurism, which is this online ma- magazine, online news website, I guess, that, that often brings together news stories and summarizes them with very clever headlines. This is from September 14, 2023. The headline is, Microsoft publishes garbled AI article calling tragically deceased NBA player, quote, useless. Okay, so what happened is that there was um, an NBA player named Brandon Hunter who um, who very sadly died in the last couple of weeks at, at, at the young age of 42. And... Um, as Futurism put it, Microsoft's MSN news portal published a garbled, seemingly AI-generated article that, this is again from, as the headline pointed out, that derided Hunter as, quote, useless in its headline. So the, this is the article from MSN, Brandon Hunter, useless at 42. I mean, what, you might say, what, what is actually going on here? I mean, beyond the terrible... Uh, the presentation of, of a headline saying someone who's recently deceased at a young age w- was useless. I mean, what, what's, what in the world are, are you talking about? This is terrible. Uh, so th- that article was, this futurism what, saying that the article was quickly called out on social media. Uh, and the, the rest of the article was also incomprehensible informing readers, I'm reading from Futurism, informing readers that Hunter, quote, handed away after achieving, quote, vital success as a ahead for the Bobcats and performed in 67 video games. I, I mean, none of it makes a whit of sense. This, this is supposed to be an, an obituary treated respectfully, and it's just... What is this article, article talking about? So they, they got a quote from some journalist. I don't know if it was Futurism or The Verge or somebody. Got a quote from a Microsoft e- executive, a senior director within the, I don't know, within AI, uh, AI division or MSN or something. And this guy claimed that, quote, the article was not published by an unsupervised AI. <laughs> okay. Instead, quote, The content was generated through a combination of algorithmic techniques with human review. Um, Someone should give some media training to the senior directors over at Microsoft because that quote does not make Microsoft look any less horrible or incompetent. I'm just just giving you a little tip there. Uh, the, The content was not generated through AI. It was a combination of algorithms and human review. Do you mean... Someone at Microsoft a- actually reviewed this headline that said that Brandon Hunter was useless after he died and gave it the okay. What actually is going on within Microsoft? Um, but futurism helps explain <laughs> what's going on. Uh, quote, back in 2020, MSN fired the team of human ju- journalists responsible for vetting content published on its platform. Ah, there it is. Very nice, Microsoft. Excellent decision to fire all of the human journalists and to use, uh, excuse me, not AI, but what does he say? Algorithmic techniques combined with human review, whatever that means. This reminds me, were you listening a couple weeks ago when I talked about that tech company in Boston that did the bus routes for that school district in Kentucky? And it was a complete disaster. The kids were getting home at 9 p.m., 10 p.m. Bus drivers were driving all around the county in these crazy routes that had nothing to do with, with reality. And they finally got there – there was a response from the tech company that they, they – uh, I think it was called Alpha Route – that they posted on their website. And they said um, – this is not the exact wording, but it was essentially, stop calling us an AI company. We're not an AI company. We're an algorithms company. It's like, okay, okay, well, I don't know what the problem is that you don't like being called an AI company. Maybe the problem is something other than the the word AI. Can we think of anything else that has gone wrong in the world other than someone saying you work in AI? Again, to Microsoft, 
We are, we are not using AI. We're using algorithms. Okay. And you, and you ran this headline. Why? Um, and then there's more, I mean, there's a, the publisher of the piece was something called Racetrack. Uh, they were, they were using MSN to publish a bunch of, um, as Futurism puts it, incoherent gobbledygook. One particularly ridiculous article profiles a, quote, corridor of fame football player called, quote, Pleasure Taylor. What in the world? Okay, first of all, I think we know what's happening with the Corridor of Fame. That's an AI's version of Hall of Fame because I guess the, the AI figures that Corridor is a 25-cent word that's going to sound uh, more educated or erudite or something than saying Hall. So let's call it the Corridor of Fame. I mean, completely clueless. This is what happens when you, when you fire your human editors, your human journalists. This is what you get. Corridor of Fame. And who is... Who is Pleasure Taylor? The best that Futurism could uh, could guess is, is that it had something to do with Joy Taylor, who is a, a TV sports commentator, and Joy's brother is someone named Jason Taylor, who is in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And so that somehow turned into Pleasure Taylor in the Corridor of Fame. None of this makes any sense, but this is the future. This is the future, friends, that we are entering into. As the financial, uh, the the financial top investors and senior leadership of these companies, these big tech companies, as they cut and cut and cut, in order to gain just a little more growth, you know, growth at any cost, they're going to cut every human they can, and they're going to put AI in there. And as long as AI does a good enough job, meaning it doesn't get them in too much trouble PR-wise, they're going to keep doing it. This is why I completely, I completely, 100% support the writers who are on strike in, in Los Angeles and elsewhere. Keep up the strike. Uh, I, I, I wish you the best. I'd like to do a show on that at some point. I haven't got around to it. But they're fighting exactly the right fight. That, um, and I know it's, it's not just writers, actors as well, but the, the people who are standing up to the financial interests, trying to cut the humans out of the equation, are doing exactly the right thing. And I'm so happy that Michael Hurst also has, has done his part to stand up with this album, Say Hello to the Party. There's one other um, article, I don't have much time, but I just want to uh, complete this thought. This came out of the Washington Post on August 28th, so just, what, couple couple weeks ago. Behind the AI boom, an army of overseas workers in, quote, digital sweatshops. This is one to, to uh, take a look at. It focuses on the Philippines. And there, I've seen other stories along these lines. This is just the most recent one that I, that I have caught. The, the way that AI works almost always is that there is a group of low-paid and or exploited workers in some vulnerable uh, economy somewhere else outside Silicon Valley in Seattle that's being paid nothing, almost nothing, to go through and clean up all the, all the mess that, that the AI algorithms are making. And we, we talked about this years ago uh, with Sarah T. Roberts behind the screen. Find that interview in the Tectonic Archives talking about the overseas workers that, uh, that develop uh, emotional and psychological problems because they have to clean up by hand. They have to clean up the mess that is um, handed to them by Facebook and, and Google's YouTube having to moderate this horrible stuff that gets uploaded that Facebook and Google will not invest in, in better systems to clean up. Well, similarly, the, the AI systems that are spitting out stuff like these, these ridiculous headlines and ridiculous stories, if there, are, if there is any human review, this is probably what that Microsoft guy was talking about. The human review is not, my guess is, not someone who works for Microsoft. No, that would mean a salary and benefits. We can't have that. We can't take care of people. No, we're going to farm it out to people who we get to pay nothing, no benefits, and who uh, a third-party contractor can, can take the fall if there's some PR fiasco. So Microsoft stays clean. This Washington Post article gives a peek into the lives and the, and the daily work of these uh, low-paid workers in the Philippines who have to do this stuff. AI is not the, the dream technology that's being sold to us in the tech media. 
It's not. It's, uh, it, it's, it, it is a vehicle for global exploitation as much as it is any kind of uh, additional convenience or new amusement for those of us in a more wealthy economy. So again, just trying to state the truth as I see it, friends. That's about all the time I have for this evening. Thanks again to Michael Hurst, and thanks to you, friends, for tuning in this evening. You have been listening to the greatest radio station in the world, WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope in New York City and Rockland County, and 91.9 FM and online at WFMU.org. Until next time, friends, you know exactly what to do. Avoid Apple, abandon Amazon, forget Facebook, and whatever you do, get off Google. Stay tuned for the great Dave Mandel and enjoy, courtesy of Songs for Fearful Flyers by Michael Hurst, a little dose of Alprazolam. Have a good week. And welcome, everybody. Good to be back here after a couple of weeks off. Great to be back. In fact, the show is called It's Complicated. I've been away for the last couple of weeks. And before I forget, I'd like to thank uh, David Spaz and Irwin, both of them, for doing incredible fill-ins for me. I'm going to have some uh, big shoes to fill. <laughs> Whoops. Yes. Yes. It's yes. Still playing. In the background, uh, a lot of great music for you this evening, as usual. Got an hour of prog and prog adjacent music, we call it. And it's also a new season, new uh, fall, winter, and spring season here at FMU. Just began last week, the 11th of September, and uh, there's some changes. You may know about them by now. Uh, most shows have stayed where they were, including this one, I'm happy to say, but some other shows have moved around. I'll talk about that a little bit more later. But I'm going to dive into some music first. And we're going to hear, to open this evening's show, something from a group called Fuchsia, British group from the early 70s. and Well, originally from uh, originally a British group, originally based in the UK, and they just kind of surprisingly reformed, resurfaced out of, out of the dust and, uh, and moved to Australia in a, a few years ago, I think around 2013 or so, they reformed and they've put out a few records recently and as I said, now based in Australia, but we're going to hear a track from 
the original self-titled LP from 1971. This is a beautiful album, Fuchsia, which I should also mention is one of the hardest band names in the world to spell correctly. I will spell it correctly on the playlist. I checked, double-checked with the dictionary. Anyway, this is really great. This is from the group Fuchsia. Trying to light on an easier time The gambit quite obscured its reason Concealed, confused, kept the people amused And lost the voice that was its meaning The shadows whisper past her window Unaware of all she needs to be Days seem like an endless journey Only broken by a timeless night She sits and sings a song to the moon Taken from the bits of tricks she's had And though she smiles and faces the day She's dreaming. The shadows whisper past her window, unaware of all she needs to be. The days seem like an endless journey, only broken by a timeless night. Lacking in some ways, I'm gifted with all that I feel. Oh. 
And I began to smile 